successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the sharing pens and from there they will go to the slaughter and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of your gold pony boy. And welcome to Beard and Brain Podcast, where the beard gets weird. I am your bearded co-host, Britton C. Griffin. And as always, joining me is my hetero life mate, Joel Hinton. See, Gowdy. Also on the mic, sorry, I got choked up there a little bit. <clears throat> Cock. <laughs> also on the mic with us is Cole. What's up? I didn't want to say your last name, sorry, bro. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> Cole the wizard. <laughs> The wizard, JC. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are proud to announce a new segment on Beard and Brain. As we discussed in the first episode of the year, Beard X Brain will undergo a few minor but much needed changes. There I go again. The show Beard X Brain will be broken down into three major segments. Each segment has its specifically aimed content, array of hosts, and unique vibration. We hope that by breaking these segments down, we are better equipped to deliver the listener specific content that they want to hear. And we also hope that everybody listens and has their favorite. So much cock. You are a fuck. Come with us as we grow and our uh build our brand here so introducing this segment is uh centered around the convener as he organizes the topics sets the rules of engagements if he likes uh elects the guest host and the hot segment geared towards uh, those people who like to argue i don't think there will be a whole lot of arguing on this one but it is a debatable topic um Our main goal with this, though, is to uh, spread new knowledge and shine a light on topics that we find and know are important. Um, It's some that maybe people are familiar with, but just need a little bit more education on. We'll do that quickly. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to Beard X Brain Opening Opposition or Opening Op. Ah. (laughs) Okay. I'm All right, you fuck. <clears throat> On this podcast segment, we are going to talk about the one, the only, the piece of legislation, some dub, 26 words that created the internet, which you have all been waiting for, section 230. Yay! Ooh, ah. Uh... All right, folks, I... Britton C. Griffin and today's convener. Today I'll be taking a brief educational look at this uh, piece of legislation. No special rules are in place for this podcast. So, at ease, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Joel, would you like to start off with giving us like a like a brief introduction here on our topic, uh, Section 230? Yeah, sure. So, Section 230 is a piece of internet legislation in the United States. 
It generally provides immunity for website publishers from third-party content, meaning a publisher, say Facebook, Twitter, cannot be liable for the content on that is essentially put on their platform. So you or me would be that third party. It was passed at a time when internet use was just starting to expand in both the breadth of services and range of consumers in the United States. But Section 230 has frequently been referred to as the key law that has allowed the internet to flourish. And it has been called the 26 words that created the internet, as Britain formerly mentioned. At its core, Section 230C1 provides immunity from liability to providers and users of interactive computer service who publish information provided by third-party users. So whereas in a newspaper or anything officially news-related is submitted to an editor from a singular author and is essentially vetted through that organization before it's published, that way they you know, in theory, if you have, if someone slanders you or defames you, you could sue them. Now, because on Facebook, social medias, and things on the internet, they do not have apply under the same rules of publishers. So we don't have our content is essentially vetted as say credible, more or less, from an academic sense or a news pr- presentation sense. Yeah, but we own that. <laughs> So unpacking that, <clears throat> Section 230 um, is pretty dated, so to say, I guess, but um, it's not a very big piece of legislation either, as we'll get on this next segment or next part of the segment. But uh, <clears throat> it's pretty powerful on what it allows <clears throat> and what it's kind of created as far as this experiment that has been the Internet so far. Um, but it gives companies, you know, protections that allow them to, to basically not operate as being a publisher. <clears throat> so moving on, what does Section 230 actually say? Section 230 specifically says, and I quote, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Boom. Right? I know. Straight to the point. It is very straight to the point. So with something that's straight to the point like that, it's really, there really isn't anything to argue in there. So there isn't any room to budge, I feel. Um, But... Let's see. Unpacking that, no provider or user of an interactive computer service. So any interactive computer service, that's definitely quite a bit of the stuff most of you guys are using every day. Those folks are not to be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information that you provide. I mean, that can be a good thing, like, very slightly, but then it gets extreme really quick. Like, if you start to unpack what that means in your own head. If you wanted to be a a little, you know, shit on the internet, or, you know, like you said earlier, you know, defame somebody or, or, you know, cause some sort of ill will or intent online to slander somebody, that's a big deal, but... Cole, so far, what are your thoughts on, you know, 230? Do you use social media yourself or uh, any, I mean, you don't really have to tell us exactly what you use. Um, 
And if yeah. you do give us passwords, social security numbers, credit card oh, yeah. information, things of that nature, yeah. if you're if you're gonna do that. Yeah, I might as well go ahead and give you guys all that. But yeah, I don't use the social media as much anymore. Just because uh I was just on it too much and there's just too much uh too many bad opinions on there is really getting to me. So I deleted like all social media off my phone, but you know, I, I get on there like maybe, you know, once every few days just to mainly check like my uh band accounts like make sure i'm liking anything that we're tagged in or whatever but yeah i don't know like i feel like uh this is it's part of the debate like right now on like uh like these companies like choosing who to uh you know allow speak on their platforms because there's you know there's the whole debate of like you know they're free companies so they're free to do do whatever they want but at the same time, like these websites like Facebook and Twitter almost have like a monopoly over uh, speech right now as far as like how many people, I, I forget the statistic, but there's a very large amount of people that uh, get like all their news from Twitter, which is really scary for one thing. But, you know, whenever you know, there's a large amount of the population getting all their news from Twitter and Twitter's, you know, censoring stuff that their CEO is uh I don't know, isn't sharing his opinion with it gets kind of a dangerous quick, but then there's also the factor of, you know, that's a free, it's a private corporation that can do whatever they want. So I feel like that's a big debate right now. It's like, should these companies have this control to like censor people since they, you know, they have such a large influence over what people uh, digest now? I think it's long overdue. I definitely think that, um, the legislation does need a, a another a look at. So, yeah, I think um, to you know, Cold said a few things that you know that's been like the primary argument as to justified their actions to censor people. I mean, we've seen ridiculous purges. They fucking they censored Ron Paul while people that poor old man. Yeah. Um, but like. Technically, yes, they are a private company, but they are traded on the public market. So you would think like that uh, to me, from a legislative sense, it seems like it would make more sense. Like if you are truly a private company, essentially a small business, then sure, like you can do whatever the hell you want. You know, if you run a sex shop and there's an asshole customer and you don't want them to return, you have the right to do that. But when you're on the public market, which creates you as a unicorn technology bid or, you know, a billion or trillion dollar valuation in some cases, well, that's more Amazon. But anyhow, when you're at that level and you're on the public market, you're on, you know, you're essentially in the stock market and selling shares to the public at that point i think there should be a level or an alteration within section 230 or something else that makes them kind of at least somewhat liable as a publisher right you're referring to when you speak of a private company in this case you're referring to the freedom of speech Right, like right. you can do whatever you want as a private company, but once you are traded as a public company, I feel like there should be limitations on what you can ban. Like, sure, you can ban someone openly saying, I'm going to assassinate this person on this day or some shit on your platform, 
but if they just simply have a different idea or thought process than you, that shouldn't be allowed for any publicly traded company, which is what the social media companies are. You should yeah, absolutely be able to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cole. Okay, I was going to say, like, what they do is they, like, especially YouTube will, like, ban a video or something, and, like, their reasoning behind it will be, like, hate speech, quote-unquote, but and then you got to, like, define what hate speech is because they're pretty much labeling anything, like, right of center or anything, like, conspiracy-related at all or, like, anything like that. Like, any, any like, independent media channels are calling it all, like, hate speech when there's, like, no trace of any kind of hate right. or anything it's just you know a different opinion so like it's like if they're gonna call something a hate speech they should have to like prove well now they're saying that, that like even if you like even if you identify as a libertarian you're under like the new like the one bill that was proposed if you are a libertarian you're considered someone it's, it was like the patriot it was the what is the patriot act of today but it was the insurrectionist or something like that and it was basically saying that if you're a libertarian or conspiracy theorist or extreme right in any way you were deemed a domestic terrorist threat well there is a double edge to that though you do want to be able to regulate that sort of speech not cancel but you want to be able to regulate it as far as who is responsible ultimately in the end for that content there's some no i get that like I say, if you say you're going to kill someone that's something you can regulate but if it's just a different thought process it's no yeah and i think we'll get into that a little bit at, towards the end here on um, maybe propositions for the future um but anyways dialing it back in here with what it's actually saying, it, it's very brief. Again, the uh, what, 26 words that created the internet. Um, the statute, Section 230, further provides good Samaritan protection from civil liability for operators of interactive computer services and the removal of moderate, moderation of third-party material they deem obscene or offensive, even if constitutionally protected speech, as long as it is done in good faith. That's where you were mentioning, Joel, that it gets... Yet it gets hairy and that there's an issue, um, which there is multiple issues with, I think, that piece of legislation. Um, Section 230 protections are not limited, requiring providers to still remove material illegal on a federal level, such as copyright infringement. Um, the history of 230, uh, it was developed in response to a pair of lawsuits against Internet service providers, or ISPs, in the early 1990s. Um, after passage of the Telecommunication Act, the CDA was challenged in courts and ruled by the Supreme Court in Reno versus American Civil Liberties Union in 1997 to be unconstitutional, though Section 230 was determined to be severable from the rest of the legislation and remained in place. Odd. Since then, several legal challenges have validated the constitutionality of Section 230, so basically penciling it in to history and law. Section 230 was passed into law as part of the Communications Decency Act, or the CDA, of 1996. It was formally codified as Section 230 of the Communications Act of 1934 at 47 U.S.C. 230. Um... Let's see here. We'll get into, I guess, what people are saying about 230, unless you guys have anything to kind of piggyback on the history there. It's pretty clean cut. 
Um, <clears throat> interesting enough, I don't know if you guys knew this, but politicians on both sides of the eagle here um, want it amended. Um, Vice President then, but now President Biden, believes that social media companies should be held accountable for disseminating content they know to be false, just as any other private company would be. Interestingly enough, Donald J. Trump has been quoted saying, Section 230 was not intended to allow a handful of companies to grow into titans, controlling vital avenues for our national defense, or excuse me, national discourse under the guise of promoting open forums for debate and then to provide those behemoth, behemoths blanket immunity when they use their power to censor. So I found that very interesting. That Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Like definitely seeing as how many people are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter nowadays, like, you know, probably way more than the amount of people that like still watch the news, you know. So I feel like the, the internet almost like got away from them in a sense because cause now like these three social media sites pretty much just control the information that especially like young people are consuming now. Right, and it's dangerous because, you know, the psychology behind social media is as far as from a business standpoint is we want to make sure we have your attention as much and as long as possible to increase our dwell time so that we can sell more advertising and, you know, people pay billions of dollars in that. I think the it surpassed TV three years ago at something like, it was some astronomical billion dollar number. But when you have that type of psychology and then you have people sharing stories, like I got canceled a bunch of times this last year from just people I would make the simple comment that the only reason that they published, they posted that was for something clickbait article related, but didn't actually read into it. And, you know, then they get butthurt because they don't know what they're talking about. So that's where you kind of get dangerous as, you know, these social medias as a publisher is uh, to your point, Cole, this is where people get their news from. And 90% of it is just headlines or articles that are, you know, sub 500 words with no real credibility or research into them. Yeah, I see a lot of people sharing like, like BuzzFeed or articles. It's like, like, sometimes I like look into them and they're like, literally all just like opinion based, just kind of like presenting it as actual factual information. These people are sharing it as like, it's groundbreaking. I'm like, dude, did you read the actual article? Because if you read it, like, I don't think you would be reposting this. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of well, you're lucky. At least you get an article that actually had content in it. They had the fucking time. They're just ads and shit. I mean, what is that? I mean, come on. Dude, that's how. Like, that's literally like I wrote clickbait articles for Roger Stone. Like, that's what we we. The Dark the Prince whole... himself. Say what? The Dark Prince himself. Yeah, I worked with his protege. For... <laughs> they had a right wing, essentially online news political opinion blog for orlando and miami hmm. and like the the entire idea is you want to get as much clicks and as much dwell time on your website as possible because then you can ask more from advertising so instead of for asking for say 30 cents a click for someone to click on that article and see your ad 
the more views and the more dwell time you have, that becomes $2, sometimes $20 an instance. And people pay a shit ton of money for that. So it's literally like the entire purpose is to get your attention just to get on there, even if it has nothing to do with the article at all. Disclaimer, FYI, I did not come up with the Dark Prince name, nickname for... Dude, he's uh, a fucking trickster. Mr. Rogerstone. I didn't make that up. Everyone knows him as that, so that's not Britain making that up. That is what everybody (laughs) knows him as. I'm not glorifying him or anything like that. And I'm not saying don't pay attention to him. Like you, You gotta just do your own fucking research with that guy so you know who and what he is. Because he has been the same fucking dude since what Reagan yeah I mean he's honestly he's, he's a cool guy he's just it's literally I imagine so yeah but still you gotta know what you're dealing with yeah I mean the last point on that move to, so we can move forward be like you know he did what every marketing person would do except except for instead for a business you do it for a politician and every single politician does it they hire someone to find dirt and find ways to get more attraction to your candidacy Yeah. Other people no. went. Go ahead, Cole. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna. I was kind of going on another point though. Kind of derail us. You can go ahead. No, I was switching it up. Okay. Uh, that's one thing I, that I just thought of. It's kind of off subject, but uh, Tulsi Gabbard during like one of the debates. I remember she said this on Joe Rogan, but um, like on the night of the debate, it was like the most important one or something like right before they chose like the nominee or whatever. But she had like millions of dollars worth of ads and like Google ready to go, and like that night, uh, she got like a notification that was like, uh, none of your ads can be displayed, and they like didn't really give a, like a good reason. Like Google just obviously just didn't like run her ads because you know they're most likely compromised. Well, it's not even most likely; they're definitely compromised. Right. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard like is suing Google, uh, Google right now. I mean, that, that's that's like straight what? up. In- yeah dude fucking um steven crowder is doing the same thing because on election night they have more viewers than any major network or channel on the entire world in the entire nation essentially watching their live stream it was something ridiculous like almost 10 million people or maybe it was 50 no it was 50 million it was something insane and they cut off them halfway through their live stream and basically did the exact same thing it did Tulsi Gabbard and they've never given him an explanation so they have they're filing a suit like as we speak yeah well they can right now so uh, their days yeah. are numbered so just got to accept yeah. it and okay. know that yeah you're right we just got to know that that's going on though and uh, that's what we're here to do to just kind of let you know that this shit's happening why and, um, you know, sit tight because things are, I think, happening when it comes to Section 230. Uh, but all I was going to say earlier, Cole, was uh, some people are saying that Section 230 um, is a good thing to the people who understand it. You know, it says, quote unquote, those mm-hmm. who understand it love it. And that's just sickening to me. No, I'm right there with you. But um, moving on, oddly enough, Section 230 in the news. In 2018, Section 230 was amended by the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. 
uh, to require the removal of material violating federal and state sex trafficking laws. Isn't that ironic how you can silence an entire political party or people on a conservative ideology, but you can't get rid of sex trafficking or child porn? Yeah, I, I saw don't something think you like, should be able to like, do uh, any of that. I saw like the same week they censored like uh, Ron Paul and like Trump and all of them. Like uh, there's a bunch of like child porn on Twitter, and Jack Dorsey like said came out the statements like we can't control this because it like doesn't violate our policy <laughs> or something. See, see, like, okay, bullshit. I think you can yeah. control. It. And I'll clear my statements when I say, and I don't think you should have either. I think that you shouldn't be able to do either. I think when uh, when when I say that it's it's definitely a good thing that you get this shit off the internet and definitely help the community and, and lift these people up that have gone through abuse and have gone through these traumas. It is definitely some of the worst, most evil psychological thing you can do to some, somebody's mind mm-hmm. in, in that manner. And I'll leave it at that. But I think that it's, it's, it'll be a huge step and a huge win for humanity and a huge win for all of us, the community, the people living in it, the kids, the women, the cops it'll be a huge win for all of us i think if they are able to reform this and actually put it to good use and stop a lot of this kind of shit or at least be able to monitor it more and and, and figure this shit out you know legally to where they can bring these fuckers in and put it to rest so i don't know i think that i think the gears are moving i think these things are behind the scenes happening so i thought that interesting and in, in just recent times so it was just three years ago yeah Um, protections from section 230 have come under more scrutiny on issues related to hate speech and uh, ideological uh, biases which that's a whole nother one there ideological biases Um, in relation to the power technology companies can hold on political discussions and and become a major issue during the 2020 United States presidential election which is what you guys were just talking about Right. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. What do you guys yeah, think? I mean, they essentially that, uh... ruined. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, Joel. No, I li- all I was gonna say is like they literally ruined our ele- our anyone's trust in elections. The social media not being able being liable for it because of two thirty. Yeah, I think that's going to have to happen between now and then. Like, Section 230 definitely gets moved to the top of the list somewhere. I think that's something that he needs to, you know, instead of fucking with the insulins or something, maybe do this. Right. Yeah, I think that big tech had an insane amount of influence on our election, especially this year. Oh, yeah. They undoubtedly did. Honestly, I think a lot of people got duped too, man. I think there was a lot of, um, I won't even say disinformation. I feel like people were flat on, like, led into some different shit. And kind of like a movie will lead you on to believe different storylines. I think uh, those exact same things happened because they allowed people to be enough enough freedom, enough rope, theoretically, to hang themselves. Enough enough freedom to, uh, you know, to paint these different pictures in their head and not be able to correct different timelines or information properly and somebody take accountability of it. Just kind of let it run rampant. So, you know. I mean, technically, like, you know, it's nothing new. 
they've it's been the same stuff that's gone on every election cycle and pretty much every major event since we've had mass communications. It's just, you know, in particular, as far as the big tech in this election, everyone was stuck at home because of authoritarian and totalitarian measures for COVID. And everyone's hurting, you know, physically, fiscally, all those type of things. And only thing they have as far as their new source or to do with their time is on social media. So it's just more or less as it was a rule. It's a numbers game. It's none of the tactics are new, but because you had access to essentially millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of more people and circumstances where, you know, more people were actively involved. And yeah, it's just, it's dangerous territory. You're right. They have to get rid of the section 230 or mended or something to make them accountable because, you know, it is, it, it's going to just get worse as it goes on if it's not. Yeah, we're at a crossroads right now. Um, Biden could say one thing and do another. Or, uh, you know, he could actually reform this thing. But, like he's going to do whatever, uh, I think it's going to do whatever they tell him to do. <laughs> I don't think he has any his thoughts right now. I, I saw like a clip earlier. It was Did like, you see the one where he was signing it? Yeah, so I was going to say, he's like signing the, the executive order and like someone had like an audio clip. He's like, he's like, he's like I don't know what I'm signing. <laughs> like, <literally. laughs> yeah, I thought I knew. I'm fucking die. <laughs> Jesus. He's so old. Oh, him man, Bernie and on. Trump, they're all fucking old as shit. They all are. Yeah, yeah. that's another problem. Not old, elderly, or anything like that. You know, not that, but the fact that we've got these fucks in there making. I mean, I don't know. We got some good ones, though. Like, there's a couple guys in Texas that are really good, and they're all vets. Tulsi Gabbard's good. She's a vet. I think we just need to start getting more, like, hardcore vets that worked in policy and foreign and stuff. Maybe they seem to be doing better. Like, Dan Crenshaw has fucking been killing it lately. Once upon a time, that's used, that used to be all you got, and that that sort of, you know, work. Um, and then somehow we, everybody, were, they were all fucking lawyers. So, I don't know. I mean, really, it is. So, I don't know when exactly that happened. You could go back and trace it and see, you know, just by looking at the presidents, probably, and correlate that data and the years and then start to look in Congress and all that other shit. Yeah, I mean, you really think of it, almost every single one of them was a soldier up until, like, JFK. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, JFK was a bootlegger. The Kennedy, yeah. the Kennedy name is one of the 13 top families. Man, you really gotta read a first-rate madness. It's about mental illness and all, like, our greatest leaders, and JFK's in it, and Hitler's obviously in it, Winston Churchill, Teddy Roosevelt, and even goes back to, like, Sherman, and it goes into, like, what their mental illnesses were during that time, and, you know, talks about, like, JFK's, like, syphilis, and he was, like, really fucked up medically for his entire life, and he was on a shit ton of drugs, and then loved, you know, sex, of course, but it's just a cool book. Yeah, I'm definitely (laughs) gonna get that book. It is, uh... 
It is six bucks on the internet. Yeah, the one on Sherman in the Civil War is really fucking cool too. Like everyone damned him, thinking that he was crazy for what he was doing, but it was just a military strategy, like the whole like march to the sea thing. He was like, the only way we can, the Confederate Army was so powerful. The only thing we can do is every town we conquer to the ocean from Atlanta, we're gonna burn everything and make sure they have no resources. So it's a cool book and has a lot of tales about that. So, are we going into the proposals, kind of getting back on track, the proposals first, um, section 230, or... Yeah, take it away, at? dude. For sure. I mean, if you want to briefly talk, you know, touch on that at least, I mean, it's kind of dated, but I mean, it's still relevant. But I've also seen where, I mean, of course, the Gears of Justice grind slowly, so who knows how long it could take. There's people that are optimistic about it, and there's also expert, like, academia you know, academics, excuse me, that actually say that it could be longer than expected. So there is a plan out there, though. And Joel, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, give me one second. No, it's all good. Um, Lighten the fag. I'll go for it, man. I'll give you a Bill Cooper quote while we're waiting. Um, here, here we go. Read everything. Listen to everybody. Believe nothing unless you can prove it with your own research. That's the late and the great William Cooper. That's good. Good advice. Yeah. All right. So getting back to my old fun spot here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I like, a, I like the little acapella, the little... A little freestyle music here with our beatboxing. No. Oh. Yeah, so you had um the few ones as far as like what you you kinda already touched on like what they're doing and it seems like it's one of those hot topic issues when it becomes a hot topic, but everything's been kinda winding down a little bit lately, it seems like. So, I think as far as will they do anything with it, I don't, it, maybe, but it's going to be a while before they do. Um, you know, obviously, I kind of gave my general proposal earlier as far as how they should regulate it. Or if you're a publicly traded company, then technically you are serving the masses and being funded by public investors and whatnot. Therefore, you should, you know, have some type of regulatory things to where you can be sued and do not have the ability to censor different ideologues and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my general idea on it all. I think that the Internet is it's too powerful, the handful of big tech companies, and I'm excited for the new Internet. You want to touch base on the uh proposals or anything like that like i know back in june of last year there was the recommendations it's like a whole packet it's like 28 pages and you can go online and get it on the justice department website um and we can might we might even be able to do a you know a second part to this if if we wanted to and go into that more detail but there was like recommendations on exactly what they were gonna propose on the legislation changes Um, but william barr was quoted as saying for too long I'm going to try to do my William Barr promotion. He's kind of a big guy. So this is my my big guy promotion or promotion uh, um, impersonation here. So bear with me. For too long, 
Section 230 has provided. That's not how he sounds, is it? For too long, Section 230 has provided a shield for online platforms to operate with impunity. That Now that sounds like his ass. That sounds like Nixon. Oh, fuck. Anyway, ensuring that the internet is a safe but also vibrant, open, and competitive environment is vitally important to America. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He can eat one. Um, also, see, the department's proposal is an important step in reforming Section 230 to further its original goal, providing liability protection to encourage good behavior online. Oh, God. That reminds me of a freaking... Um, oh, God. That, that reminds me of another patent. I need to show Cassidy that. It was a patent on like a cryptocurrency system that almost... Uh, worked off of brain activities that came from like a neural network of say uh what's that one the elon's building Neuralink, yeah Neuralink or Neuralnet or whatever they're gonna make like a a social uh whatever what is that over in china yes they're gonna make one of those (laughs) social credit system and they'll hook it up to the Neuralinks or whatever and based on your activity and your brain activity and all that shit They'll be able to, I guess, find out if you're doing the certain things they want. And you'll get credit for it somehow. But yeah. I don't think that's that's, 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 that. that's just like that's that's creating so much of an equality an inequality gap in general. It's basically saying like I can keep on going to school, be a doctor, do a bunch of entrepreneurial shit, and do all these other things. I'm going to keep on getting social credits, but this one asshole that's just not going to do anything, and you know. I don't know, does drugs or whatever, and they that's all they do, then it's just going to keep a equality gap. Or people who are ignorant, you know, could be an immigrant coming here and only knows how to do labor jobs, therefore their social credits are so low. So it just keeps the equality gap that much larger. Looks like they've got it broke up into like three main parts here, and I'll go over them quickly um, for the draft. Uh, promoting transparency and open discourse. It says, first, the draft legislation has a series of reforms to promote transparency and open discourse. Um, The current interpretations of Section 230 have enabled online platforms to hide behind the immunity to censor lawful speech in bad faith and is inconsistent with their own terms of service. To remedy this, the department's Legislative proposal revises and clarifies the existing language of Section 230 and replaces vague terms that may be used to shield arbitrary content moderation decisions with more concrete language that gives greater guidance to platform users and courts. Um, So just tightening up the verbiage and the language in it, for one, um, the legislation proposal also adds language to the definition of information content provider to clarify when platforms should be responsible for speech that they affirmatively and substantively contribute to or modify. Uh, The second category of amendments is aimed to uh, incentivize platforms, more or less. Um, And that's probably its own freaking thing. And it's going into um, a good Samaritan, bad Samaritan kind of system. Um, the department also proposes to clear, clearly carve out federal civil enforcement actions. Um, 
Finally, the department proposes carving out certain categories of civil claims that are far outside Section 230's core objective, including offensive, or excuse me, including offenses involving child sex abuse, terrorism, and cyberstalking, which are serious offenses. Uh, these amendments working together will be critical first steps in enabling victims to seek red redress for the uh, most serious of online crimes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but again, all this is available on uh, the, the justice.gov under um, Justice Department unveils proposed Section 230 legislation from Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. Anyways. Now that that's done, um, you guys have any you know closing thoughts here on two thirty or any additional words on the proposal? I think that's a pretty good start. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more in that, and I was moving quickly again, but I encourage you guys to go and look at the twenty eight page. Um, uh, it's called U.S. Department of Justice Section two thirty nurturing innovation and fostering on accountability. Key takeaways and recommendations, June 2020. So it's a pretty hefty little document, but it does go into more detail of the uh, what, three or four different topics I express in this this article. Pretty good shit, though, I think. Uh, unlike, my, unlike my William Barr impersonation, fucking <laughs> boots that one, dude. Yeah, you know? so, uh, I have a question regarding it as far as a final thought. So, like, Cole, like, um, as a musician, like, do, do you, is that anything that you guys ever have to, like, be critical about when you're making any type of music or anything lyric-wise in your music as far as before you publish it on, say, like, YouTube or something like that? Like, the content of the lyrics? Yeah. So, with that... Uh well no not really for me because I don't I don't really like uh not like but I don't really write political lyrics or anything like profane right. so I don't really have to worry about anything like that. But which I I'm think... wondering that, like if they're gonna get to the point where like kind of like in the PMRC days in the eighties where like say like if you're a punk band and you're talking about raping zombie babies or some shit like that'll be offensive and you know canceled or something so like. I guess I was um, curious, to, like, if anything in that well, context. I think, no, honestly, no. Joel, just to pause real quick, I think that'll be put in a certain category. I think that'll be in a certain platform in a certain area, accessible to people, but not just out there fucking rampant on Facebook or Twitter. I'm sorry, Cole. Well, I get ahead. that. I was just asking him, yeah. like, if he ever, like, if that's something that they have to, as musicians in this age now, have to, like, kind of think about before they publish anything. Yeah, I don't think so, because I think, like, a lot of, like, the death metal stuff, because I'm really into that stuff, too, I think a lot of that, people know it's tongue-in-cheek, like, people, like, know that the members of Cannibal Corpse aren't out there, like, you know, like, raping and, like, killing people, it's just lyrics, because, like, yeah, it's it has its... themed. Like, I, I have a death metal project, and we have a song called, like, Killing to See How It Feels, and I'm, like, I'm not, a like, a murderer, and I don't kill people, I just thought it was... I thought it was a funny name and like for every like song name we try to get more extreme and like more intense and just kind of like try to shock people. But uh I think like a lot oh, of people no, I love it. That's my favorite type of stuff. Yeah. But uh I mean they I mean the corpse is banned in Disney. Like uh I think 
uh, like in Germany, or like in a lot of places in Europe, Cannibal Corpse, like Corpse Grinder, like their singer can't like sing on stage. Like they're like instrumental for a few songs because like their their lyrics are banned in some com- countries in Europe. But uh, in the U.S., like yeah, these... Europe's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I in Germany, Poland, if you Poland play video passed... games, you can't have red blood. So yeah, what? Go ahead. Kind of nuts. I think uh, I saw something about like Poland passing something that was saying like uh social media companies over there can't censor or something like that something on those lines did you guys see anything about that i saw something on there was like a couple of them that were like i thought that maybe they were trying to sue or they were banning the twitter and them from banning people or it was something weird like that yeah they're saying like they can't ban anyone but uh, i don't know that'd be cool but yeah, I was just genuinely curious because, like, I didn't know. I, I don't publish anything, so I didn't know if, like, that was type of stuff was starting to be, like, canceled or checked out by YouTube or anything like that. It's more so the cancel, like, culture. It's more so, like, the sensitive people that can't take a joke or can't, like, understand sarcasm yeah. or in cheek that get mad about it. Like, I, I, my band hasn't been personally called out about having like extreme lyrics and extreme song titles but i'm sure there's some people out there that if they heard that song they would get offended but whatever i don't really care it's a joke and people should learn how to take a fucking joke (laughs) you know right so yeah boom yeah yeah time for fun yeah but uh, i pulled up this thing poland did uh, ban the censorship of social media accounts. Oh, cool. Which, oh, is, yeah. which is cool. Pull so I guess they're already ahead of us on that. Yeah. Poland's pretty Thanks. wild now, though. Yeah, no? Poland's crazy. I spent my 21st birthday in Poland. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was on tour. I woke up and it was snowing and I walked to McDonald's and I got a Polish Big Mac by myself. That was pretty much it. Nice. Wow. Yeah. We'll end it on this. I don't know what it is about McDonald's in Europe, but they're way better than McDonald's here, and they always have like fucking weird, like ex- like nice burgers and shit. Well, that's because our ingredients and stuff here are designed to kill you. That's why you read your ingredients, people. Make sure that you know what's in it. Don't shop out of the American food aisle. Go over to the little Mexican aisle or Spanish food aisle and get that shit, because you can read the ingredients on it. You can't read the shit over in the American aisle. Read your shit. Educate, please. Eat good food. It's, it's the uh the FDA over there is stricter. They have higher like yeah. for the food products. Do we even have one anymore? Probably not. They just worry about the drugs. They're not like they're like fuck the food. We're just the drug agency now. Yeah, y'all you yeah. whatever the fuck you. Actually, better yet, don't eat what you want. You'll eat what we say you fucking eat. Like the USDA, they don't even realize, like a lot of people don't realize, like when you're buying a prime steak, that's still like subcategory three. Like I think it's like five, like six or five categories total for like a grade of meat. And prime is number three from like the top. And prime is only essentially one step above from commercial. So what you eat at Taco Bell. Jeez. That's American food for you. Yeah. Awful. Again, don't eat it, read it, and learn. All right, That's Brittany. my closing segment. 
But thank you all. <laughs> thank you, Cole, for joining us on this, man. I greatly appreciate really, your time. Having me. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Part of the team. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Thank you all for joining us on the episode of, uh, or the segment of BXB opening op, our very first one. Um, we'll probably tighten it up and, and we look forward to bringing the uh, two other segments to you guys. And if you're interested in these uh, other two segments and want to know more about Beard and Brain, we're also going to be releasing uh, a little bit of information for some people that may be new to the podcast or just now starting to listen out. So look for that as well. Um, but again, thank you all for joining us on Beard and Brain Podcast. Bye, bitches. Peace. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision.